Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Hi there and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast bringing you news and tech from around Ireland and across the world. Of course, you can hear us on air with RTE Friday evenings or anytime you like with your favourite podcasting app from Apple, Google or Spotify. We also keep you up to date daily on all things tech with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. My name is Dusty Rhodes. This is episode 851 and joining me as always is our editor-in-chief at Tech Central, Niall Kitson. Um, I would like to say that this is a bumper show, Niall, but I think it's bigger than that. Bigger than bumper? <laughs> bigger than bumper. There's so many things going on. I mean, there's three big stories uh, this week, which we'll cover very quickly now. Uh, then mm. we've had CES in, um, in uh, well, I was about to say in Las Vegas, but of course it wasn't, it was virtual. No, virtual. Uh, and then uh, we had Samsung with a, a major announcement as well. So, I mean, that's mm. a whole pile of things. And then I think we should start off by congratulating the winner of the BT Young Scientist exhibition. And uh, I can't remember the chappie's name. He's from Cork and he did a fantastic project about uh, discovering deep fake videos and being able to do it faster than anybody else in the world at the moment. Yeah, I think as Gregory Tarr from Bandon in Cork, uh, I believe his name. Yeah. Uh, And he took away a top prize of seven and a half thousand euro deep fakes, which are a tremendous problem. Uh, Go on, explain to us what a deep fake is. Just it's kind of being able to superimpose a, a face on the face of a celebrity or to take the face of a celebrity but apply your facial um, uh, movements on it. Yeah, exactly. So you can yeah. essentially make it look like you are speaking like whoever your favourite celebrity yeah. is. Or, as is uh, shown to be the case, some, you doing something you have never done. Well, they use it a lot in porn, don't they? This is what I hear, or revenge porn and all kinds of things, which must be really distressing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, taking a lot of celebrities and uh, um, sort of patching them onto uh, onto adult films. Yeah, very, um, yeah, a very distressing use of one's likeness, uh, especially in an age of uh, image rights. But something that Mm. we've seen, uh, you might remember when there's this awful thing called the the fappening. It's when all the celebrity photos were leaked from iCloud and circulated on uh, discussion forums that people were taking them, that people were being prosecuted on the basis of copyright infringement. That, you know, they they had a likeness of somebody that wasn't uh, wasn't theirs to use. Uh, And I think that's probably the legal route people will go down when it comes to deepfakes as well, when it comes to prosecuting people that are making them, not necessarily on defamation or something like that, but uh, contravening someone's uh, image likeness contract. Mm, we shall wait and see. Anyway, I just mm. think it's fascinating uh, that we have the talent in this country. I mean, I think that guy was 17 years of age. Yeah. And yeah. His, his his project, he says he's like, he's doing it four times faster than Google. It's like, wow. Yeah. And this great is the great thing about the young scientists. You have projects coming out of the minds of young people that are better, faster, more efficient and better thought out than the big companies are doing. Exactly. Listen, we have a ton to get through. Uh, the Samsung announcement with their new phones and other things, CES as well. Three stories to cover quickly before that. I've got a super, super quick one um, because I don't really want to talk about Donald Trump for too long. Uh, but this is more just something to keep in mind uh, next week. We know that his Twitter account has been whatever. It's, it, it's not working. But what Twitter does after each handover of presidency is it resets the uh, president of the United States Twitter account, which I never knew. Here's the, that's that's a really good piece of trivia. However, in the context of this presidency, uh, Mm. Trump used his own personal account. So there is no... um, There's very little... Uh, yeah, <laughs> <It's very little. laughs> but essentially, what they do normally is they will take uh, all of the tweets that uh, whatever president has, and they will mm. put it into a, a holding account. So yeah. uh, for President Trump's uh, presidency, it'll all go into POTUS forty-five. That's going to be the account, and yeah. then Joe Biden then in turn will go into POTUS forty-six, and so on. And the other mm. interesting thing, and it just it, this is just a little thing to put into people's minds if they like conspiracy theories. Okay. Okay. At the Capitol riot, laptops were stolen. Mm. And some people are going, 
But who stole them? Was it like, you know, kind of just regular rioters or were there people from other countries prosing as regular rioters and just oh. nipping in while everything's going on? I love a good conspiracy theory. I love one. Oh, and no, no better, no better audience for a conspiracy theory than the QAnon crowd that oh, stop. stormed the Anyways, Capitol building. Listen, as I said, we won't talk about it. I just thought that was a nice little bit of trivia I wanted to share. Cyberbook 2027. 2077. 2077. The game that I was looking forward to so much over the Christmas period, so much. And it has just turned out to be an absolute disaster for a game that was hyped up for about five years, I think, Mm. uh, from the uh, developers of The Witcher 3, which is a incredibly highly regarded game. Here was going to be this wonderfully realised open source and open world environment. You can spend hours and hours just wandering around, taking up side missions, adhering to the, the main story if you want, just a completely immersive experience. What happens on day one of release? People on, I I guess what's now related, uh, now called legacy consoles like the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, were reporting an incredible amount of bugs that were basically making the game unplayable. Uh, And on certain PCs, um, indeed, there were bugs there as well, to the extent that the uh, co-founder of the uh, developer CG CD Projekt Red, Marcin Iwinski, has had to put together a video apologising for the state of the game and basically saying that, look, we had uh, we had tested the game internally. We were happy to release it onto the market um, and we had no idea it was in the state that it was in. Uh, I, do, I don't know. I mean, there have been allegations and accusations that um, developers were put under immense pressure just to get the game out in time for Christmas because you remember there were so many delays. I initially, I think September 2019, which was bumped forward to April 2020, which was bumped mm. forward to September 2020, then eventually out just in time for Christmas. Uh, and now, you know, it was clearly released onto onto the market in an incomplete state, in a, a state that wasn't completely uh, tested. So now this video statement has been released uh, uh, apologising for the state of the game. And we've also got a, a roadmap Uh, for how things are basically going to be fixed. Because uh, I know quite a few people have posted online saying, look, yep, fine, the game has been uh, released in a poor state. But look, this is the nature of games now that you can get hot fixes, you can get patches, you can get updates, kind of in the same way an operating system does. You know, the thing that you buy on day one isn't the product that you're going to be left with in, say, a year's time. So we now have a a roadmap where uh, we're... Uh, we're into 2021 now, but already there's been three sort of patch, uh, well, hot fixes, if you will, looking at immediate problems. Um, sometime earlier, uh, early in this year, so I guess this quarter, we will have uh, two significant patches uh, and then we will have incremental updates. And they reckon that by the end of this year, the game will be in exactly the state they wanted it to be last December. Oh, good. So it's going to take 12 months to actually get it up to up, up to speed. How is the game performing on the latest consoles? Well, here's the thing. Uh, pretty, pretty well, uh, mm-hmm. if you happen to have one. Uh, okay. it's, it's all about, you know, the, the legacy consoles, the machines that people still have. So could it be a possibility then that what we're looking at is they were concentrating so much on making it on, on, on the latest and greatest console and getting it right for that, that they just weren't able to port it backwards compatibility? It's an interesting point, all right. And you, you imagine that when, when it is being developed, it's, they're, they're being developed on PC and they're being playtested on consoles. Um so, yeah, I don't know. It's it's such a mystery as to why the game was released in such a state, uh, why the why the game wasn't being uh, it's quality tested. It's not a mystery. You well. said it to yourself. They wanted to get it out for Christmas to make a killing. Come what may. Yeah. OK. But there's yeah. no mystery behind it. Yeah. OK. Yeah. I, I accept that point. It, it was a, it was a money <laughs> move to get it out. Uh, and maybe there there was the assumption that yes that there would be problems and there would be changes but they wouldn't be they wouldn't be huge um and you know these will just become part of the natural lifestyle life cycle 
of uh, mm. of games, especially tentpole games, uh, where getting to market is so important. But yeah, it's it's clearly been botched. There's talk of uh, shareholders suing the uh, suing the company. Um, there's of course uh, an outcry by fans, some who are really looking forward to the game and just being very upset over the state it is. Uh, some, you know, vowing never to play it. Other people sort of, uh, you know, leaving the game in, in droves. Um, yeah, it's it's incredibly unfortunate, and I'm going to have to wait a year to play this thing. What about you? Because you said that you were looking forward to uh, to playing it, and it's been a very disappointing experience for you. Um, how about that apology? Were you happy with it, or was it more a Mark Zuckerberg kind of ap- apology, as far as you're concerned? Do you know what? I it's 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 one of these. You know, sorry, we'll do better. It's it's like you you knew what you had to do. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not. It's not that I'm not buying it. I'm just tired of these kind of things. Uh, I did expect some degree of patching would be required, uh, but I mean, it'll be December now by the time I go out and part with some money. Now, listen, speaking of uh, Mark Zuckerberg, here is the third and final big uh, kind of regular news story of the week. And this is WhatsApp. And a lot of us here in Ireland are starting to see a rather important message popped up on our WhatsApp app to say that they are changing their terms and conditions. Always a red flag. Uh, uh, Always a red flag. All right. Uh, And rather stupidly, I had a look through it. I didn't read the terms and conditions, but I kind of I read the overview, all right, which I, I think is probably more than most people do. And it's all to do with WhatsApp wants to share information from uh, uh, from WhatsApp with Facebook and their business users. Yeah, now, and, uh, you know, we knew this was coming. We did. Now, I, the way I kind of looked at it, now I just hit, yeah, whatever. All right, because I did like anything with all of these things. Right. It caught me at a wrong time. Mm-hmm. I was on the phone and I needed to text somebody and then this message pops up and I kind of looked at it quickly. I just went, yeah, whatever. Vumpf, and uh, and off. Whereas what I should have done, which is probably what you did, was say, no, I'll have a look at that later. However, my reading on it was that what they want to do is they want to enable WhatsApp for more business communications as in Payments, because as you said, we knew this was coming a long time because Facebook wants WhatsApp to be the WePay of the Western world. Mm. And WePay in the uh, in, in China is kind of it's like the, the WhatsApp and they use it for for all kinds of money. Like they'll do this like kind of can you give me a lend of 50 cent or a fiver? Yeah, sure. And they take out their phone, boom, send it to you. Done. And Facebook want to be getting behind that uh, uh, with WhatsApp. But I think what's kind of where I regret not getting into the details is that I'm seeing now two things. One is that the information they share will include usage data and possibly the phone's unique identifier. Yeah. Which means that it could identify me possibly. All right. And I would say if it doesn't identify me by name, it will certainly identify me that something I said in a message possibly and then suddenly I'll see ads popping up for it. But that happens anyway. Um, And then the other thing that really annoys me is that it did seem to say that, and and double check this when you're looking at your WhatsApp, it did seem to say that uh, the terms and conditions are updating. However, if you don't agree to it, you will still be able to use WhatsApp. And I think that that is the message that we are seeing in the EU, but not in the rest of the world. Uh, in the rest of the world, what we're saying is if you want to continue using WhatsApp, you must agree to the new terms and conditions. I would uh, not be surprised at all if that was the case. All right. And the difference is here in the EU, we've got GDPR, mm-hmm. which would prevent WhatsApp from sharing that information with Facebook. However, the way it was presented to me, and this is where I'm getting really annoyed with myself, is that we're updating our terms and conditions, blah, blah. If you want to kind of continue using WhatsApp, something, 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 blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I kind of just went, yeah, whatever, because I'm not paying attention. Yeah. Well, you know, if if and when you start seeing ads in the middle of your conversation feeds or in between your lists of uh, of friends and family and contacts, don't be yeah. too surprised. Well, do you know what? In in some ways, I'm kind of I'm raising my eyeballs to heaven because I've noticed this when I'm watching a movie on TV, 
and I want to know who's in it. And of course, the phone comes out and I go IMDb. And then I literally have typed the first name of the movie and then the entire title comes up. Yeah. As is this the one you're searching for? It's like the phone knows that I am watching that specific movie. Whether it's picking it up from from traffic across my Wi-Fi network, whether it's just getting a sound um, stamp off the movie or something like that, I'm not too sure. But it's just, I, I again, I did mention conspiracy Tin foil theories early. Dusty. <laughs> tinfoil hat. Tinfoil hat, absolutely. Well, yeah, interesting. It's kind of a tinfoil hat. Anyway, well, look, there are alternatives out there. Uh, if you are looking to get off WhatsApp, you can have a look at Signal and you can have a look at Telegram. Again, mm-hmm. they are uh, based on the fact that your conversations are end to end encrypted, that mm-hmm. nobody can get in and have a look at your conversations. Um, the way that they might be able to do with, say, text messages or just r- regular emails. So. That's the, there are still services out there that will do what WhatsApp wants you to uh, or what you want to do with WhatsApp. Granted, mm. they don't have a user base in the billion. And I think that this is, this is the point that the regulators are making in the States and in Europe. And they're kind of going, you know, WhatsApp and Facebook, but WhatsApp in particular is now so big, it's ubiquitous, it's everywhere uh, to the extent it's like a utility. And even though they're quite within their rights to be able to impose any terms and conditions that they want, because they're that big, people almost have to go with it. It's like if I stop using WhatsApp, well, then I'm not going to be able to contact half or even two thirds or even 80 percent of my friends because they're not on Signal. They're not on Telegram. They're not going to install it. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same with business people, you know, family and all that kind of stuff. So maybe there's a point when technology is just so big that it needs to come under different rules and regulations. Well, we I think we're see. going to see that this year. I think we're going to see that. I think in the States, uh, Section 230 mm. uh, of the Communications Decency Act is definitely going to come under pressure. Uh, mm. And I think, I'm not sure if we'll see any divestments, but uh, we'll certainly see a, a chastening year for big tech. We'd see anyway. All right. Okay. So, uh, so that's it. So listen, if you, you do get a message on, on WhatsApp about terms and conditions, read it Carefully. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's TechCentral.ie. Now let's get in and talk about CES 2021. Were you there? Interesting. No, of course not. (laughs) Do you know what? It was a strange experience this year. Because if you were at CES, you'd be wandering the walls, you'd be talking to people, you'd be hands on with all the all the new technology and everything that they were showing. And then there'd be the keynote sessions and you would go off and you would do that and you would have your three or four days dedicated to, to doing that. But this year, because it is more of a virtual event, everybody was doing their keynotes online. But yeah. did you sit down and watch them? No, I just I Heck just no. got the uh, got the digests. Exactly. And I kind of did. So I wasn't spending the time looking at CES that I normally would. However, however, uh, that was kind of interesting. And everybody, I thought all of the keynote um, videos that that we saw were very funny because it was all tiny little people on apparently huge stages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and we'll, we'll talk about Samsung Unpacked later, which was a, a prime example. But anyway... Oh. Absolutely. Anyway, a couple of things. Um, CES is famous for um, wild and exotic new inventions that are not necessarily being launched, but are more concept kind of things. And we're going to share just a couple of our favourites, our five favourites, in fact. And I think I'm going to start off with uh, LG. Do you remember the LG Wing? I, I remember it well. This was the sort of the fold out camera phone that folded out in a sort of an L shape. Exactly. You could flip it out uh, 90 degrees uh, so that it looked like a T and you'd have a small screen at the bottom and a big wide screen at the top. Uh, a little bit crazy, completely useless. But anyways, um, however, LG have brought out something really, really cool. And that's the rollable phone. Now, they, last year they showed off their rollable TV. Yeah. Did they not? Again. They did. And and that's amazing. And I love that. It was like a box that could sit at the end of the bed and... <laughs> I suppose it's like those old James Bond movies or whatever, like and the TV would just appear up and stuff like that. But the screens, of course, are so big these days, you can't do that. So it was, it was literally a screen that was unrolling 
and revealing itself. And they've adopted this technology into a mobile phone. So, but the only thing was they only showed it briefly. Right. Which I wasn't too keen about. But anyway, you see a regular size smartphone and essentially it's kind of like you can imagine holding your, your smartphone and then pulling it apart as if you're stretching it. But yeah, because like it's a, a rollable like it's a scroll phone, or something. Yeah. Exactly. And, 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 and that's the way it pulled out to give you more, something more tablet sized. So I thought that was, uh, uh, that was good. I don't know whenever we, we will see it. I actually preferred that style of design to the flip phone or the folding phone I should say yeah Um, I just thought it it looked classier Uh, I thought it looked more solid there was no bend in the screen that you could see I I don't know I think think if I was going to go for a phone that I could extend if you want I would rather go for a rollable phone than I would for a folding phone and and to be honest uh, let's let's be honest here they are a little bit cooler as well Oh, way cooler, way cool. Actually, I heard that Apple are working on a folding phone, just small aside. Um, there was another company called TCL and they're taking that LG kind of thing. Again, it was more a brief than anything else, but they were looking at a 17-inch tablet scroll. So 17-inch. Yeah, so they, they, they literally, they had a... Tube is the best way I can describe it. You know those cardboard tubes that you keep a poster in or something like that? Mm-hmm. That shape, yeah. all right? And then they would just pull one end and they keep extending, extending, extending until 17 inches of screen is in front of you. Excellent. And it looked something like a map if you're out orienteering as we used to do before the uh, virus. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and then pulling out your scroll and then da 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 and out with your map and stuff like that. I thought that looked pretty cool. Uh, Razor did some good stuff. You were interested in something Razor did? Yeah, well, uh, we're, we're at this interesting stage where PPE, where face masks are becoming fashion accessories. I, mean, mm-hmm. I think we, we've all gotten very, so used to them that they're, they're becoming this form of self-expression. I know I've got a few very funky ones at home that I actually quite like wearing. And I've, I've wondered when, when all this is over and it's cold outside, will I, will I just wear a face mask to keep myself warm? Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Razer, the game peripherals people, actually they they do uh, they do gaming laptops as well. They're they're very um, high end gaming friendly brand. They mm. have gone and developed their own face masks, and they look exactly like you would imagine a gamer's face mask would. <laughs> it's uh, they're see through, but they also have a two a filter on each side, um, and they've got they've got this sort of RGB thing going on. So it, they they kind of look almost like. Um, something a riot police would wear or something like that. So, uh, yep, again, they look like they're built to last. They they come with their own carrying case uh, with the charger. Um, And of course, being being gamer friendly, um, they they have all that sort of uh, gamer gubbins in there as well. And, you know, there's a light on it that lights up your mouth. Um, and of course, it, it'll handle your uh, communications through a low latency mic and speaker array as well. So you'll be protected and, and looking kind of scary at the same time, which is kind of what gamers really want in life, isn't it? Um, yeah, another thing that uh, Razer announced, and you would really like this, is something they're calling Project Brooklyn, which is a, a gaming chair with a gaming chair with a retractable panoramic screen. So you basically oh. sit into the into the chair and you okay. sort of bring your screen down in front of you and it's 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 a curved screen dusty so it's a, a wraparound yeah it's a wraparound yeah and how big is it it's uh cheapers i don't have the actual no if you don't know the size but i mean like if imagine you're sitting in the chair and the screen is in front of you is is it in front of you or is it literally wrapping all around you so to, to take in your entire eye line yeah it's it's actually um basically shoulder to top of your head height <gasps> is that oh wow I say oh, the, yeah. the new Dell monitor, you forked out medium books for, not big books, but medium books. Mm. If you can imagine that mounted on a chair right in front of you. And playing games on it. And playing games on it. And if it's a chair, no doubt they've built in some kind of a book kicker in it. So, you know, kind of yeah. you get the vibrations of the game that you're playing or, or yeah, shotguns it's a or whatever. Yeah, it's a proper gaming chair, yeah. And the uh, and speakers built in and all that kind of thing. 
Now, you, are, are you going to tell me this is something they're selling or is it a uh, is it a bit of a concept thing? Well, there is no um, uh, there is no price tag attached. Uh, All right. So I don't know. It's a concept. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's a concept, but a pretty good one. I, I'd like it uh, as much as I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, battery powered mm. masks with their own speakers and LED lights. So and, and so on not? and so forth. Another thing that uh, caught my attention at CES was the Avita uh, Admirer 2, uh, which is a laptop. All right. But what's different about this laptop is that it's got three webcams. Why okay. would you ever need three webcams, do you think? Okay. Are they all mounted uh, in, well, you know, the... the in, in sequence in the at the top of the screen, in yes. Sequence at the, okay. Well, that says to me then that... They're looking to capture something maybe in 3D. Ah. Am I, am I right? Ah. What an excellent answer. It's the wrong answer, but it's an excellent answer. Oh, uh, no. okay. Um, basically, the three cameras, I think what they're trying to get is they're trying to get at people who are recording seminars or doing video presentations or whatever it happens to be from home, right? Mm-hmm. And essentially, this this laptop is almost like a kind of a TV studio at the same time. So mm-hmm. the three webcams uh, are all different focal lengths, all right? So you've got one camera is a close-up. Then you've got right. one which is kind of more normal. Uh, and then you've got an ultra wide shot then as well. Which is kind of the the array we're getting used to in our smartphones now. Exactly. And th- you're able to flip them between the three as you are doing whatever it is, talking to somebody on video, whether you're doing a Zoom call or a presentation, whatever happens to be. And then the other thing that I liked about the laptop was around the edge, they've built in LED lights. So you've got this ring light that is lighting up your face. <laughs> Oh, I can see vloggers running out and buying heaps of them. Exactly what I thought. That was exactly what I thought. So that made me smile. I don't want one, but uh, it made me smile. (laughs) And the uh, and the last thing um, from CES on the toys category before we get into Samsung is Mm -hmm. cars. Were you keeping an eye on cars at all? No, because I'm not a car guy. But you actually drive, Mm. so yeah, you. I actually drive. Well, thank you. Uh, There was two. uh, Sony Vision S, which is their electric vehicle. Uh, They've actually been uh, doing on-road. They showed it off initially as a concept at last year's CES. This year, they're saying that they've developed and they're doing on-road testing and they had videos to show off about that. Uh, I don't think they announced it at CES, but another thing about Apple, more little rumours, is Apple are getting into the car business as well. It's been rumoured for a while. Yeah, uh, and we're expecting an announcement of a joint project with Apple and Hyundai coming sometime around St. Patrick's Day, so keep an eye out for that. that's that's an Um, interesting partnership. mm -hmm. But the one that really got all of the headlines at CES this year was Mercedes-Benz. They've got their own electric vehicle. And I mean, I'm a Mercedes-Benz man, all right, since I was like a child, a five-year-old. I always wanted a Merc and then eventually had one and I had a few of them and stuff like that. Never had the S-Class, which would be my dream car. Uh, but they've got this new electric vehicle out now, uh, which they are saying will be the model ahead of the S-Class. Right. And what was interesting about the demonstration that they were doing this time around is, number one, they actually did an on-road test. And then number two, they showed off their hyperscreen, which is very much in the realm of Nile and Dusty and Tech Radio, Tech Central, uh, in that it is the entire front dash of the car is a screen. Ooh. The entire front dash, literally from door to door. So in the middle, you've got a large map and the map is always on. And then everything is kind of below the map. So if you want to change your uh, directions, if you want to listen to the radio, if you want to surf something on the Internet, if you want to listen to music off Spotify, whatever it is happens to be, yada, yada, yada. Uh, then in front of the driver, then you've got all of the, you know, the speedometer and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then also can show you directions, turn left here, turn right there. And I think they copy that over then onto the passenger side. So it's like if you were flying a, an Airbus or a Boeing or something like that, because as you know, I'm an aviation ne- nerd. Yeah. Um, uh, is that dual controls? 
So you might not have the dual controls, but you certainly have the dual display so that your wife uh, or your partner or whoever it happens to be uh, is in the car beside you and can say helpful little things like you're going too fast. <laughs> <laughs> and strangely enough, I, I must have one of these Mercedes Benz cars already because that's a regular occurrence. <laughs> <laughs> But it, 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 it looked, it looked deadly. It really looked deadly. I mean, if you're going to go and get an electric car and you've got one of these in it, oh man, it's just going to blow everyone away. That's, that's how you bring people in. You give them a good user experience. There you go. That's it. So listen, that's the wrap up of CES 2021. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. So now, finally, on our bumper, bumper show for uh, 2021, uh, we've done CES, we've done the news. Samsung, of course, uh, have been out making their big announcements and lots of announcements in there. I was expecting just the new Galaxy S21 to be announced, but they did tons they, of all they this They did stuff. a lot and everything seemed to have equal importance. Did you notice that? Yes, they, they didn't big up the S21 as much as they thought. They started off with the Buds Pro anyway. Yeah, the Buds Pro, which uh, a direct repost to Apple's AirPod Pro uh, and an awful lot of sort of similar features, I guess you might say. Uh, mm. Top of my personal list is their version of transparency mode, um, which as it, which they're calling uh, intelligent ANC or intelligent active noise cancellation. And mm. uh, transparency mode in the earpods, um, it's, it's basically you have the option of turning on noise cancellation or having it in such a way that, um, you know, you can still hear what's going on in the outside world. Um, so Samsung have developed a sensor that will do very much the same, but they've got something tied to it, which I think is very nifty which is sort of a, a conversation detection mode. So mm-hmm. when you're talking to someone, you know, if I, I wear cans wherever I go. I'm, I'm not a, 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 an earbud guy uh, anymore. Uh, so naturally, whenever I go to a shop or something like that, I'm either relying on the good faith of the person across the till to make sure that A, they can hear me and B, that I'm not shouting. Um, uh, or, you know, just take off my headset completely. Uh, now, um, Samsung's uh, Buds Pro, the Galaxy Buds Pro, have this mode that will uh, just automatically turn down the volume and let you get on with your with your conversation. It does this by detecting uh, that you're speaking. That's kind ah, of so if you see the, the demonstration that they showed was a guy walking into a coffee shop and he had his earbuds in. Uh, and the minute he started talking, he was able to hear the response from from the cashier because the music in his ears had turned down. But yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I did notice when he was asking for the coffee, he didn't go, I would like a double something latte to go, please. He was like, mm. I would like a double latte something as uh. if the sound in his ears was playing mind tricks. <laughs> well, do no, you know, that is actually a very interesting point because when yeah. the actual sort of video that is meant to show you how well it works actually has an example of somebody speaking in a not very natural way, mm. I think that's that's something really interesting you've touched upon there. Yeah, mm. well, it, it okay. was just a, a little thing that I noticed, and then I'm 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 just smiling, right? I, I think this happens through a lot of the presentations that I saw. It's just, it's all marketing speak and it's not natural at all. Of but they're showing these pods, right? These pods are essentially lumps of plastic that you stuff right into your ears, okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, forgive me for thinking this, but if I was to stuff a lump of plastic into my ear, I'm not going to hear anything outside in the real world anyway. True. Well, like I have their previous generation, the Galaxy Buds Live, Right. And these are sort of true wireless sit sit in the air. And yes, indeed, the noise cancellation of them is brilliant. And yeah, woe betide anyone that tries to communicate with me when uh, when I'm wearing them. I tell you, one thing that was very funny uh, about the um, uh, Galaxy Buds Pro presentation was that uh, one of the points the presenter made was, you know, I'm a runner and I can't wear true wireless earbuds when I'm out because they fall out Mm. when I'm running. I was there thinking, that's exactly the reason why a normal person would not buy true wireless headphones <laughs> in the first place. How are these things getting so popular? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, uh, stop. I was uh, I was just in the car the other day and I was getting out my earbuds and I was uh, pairing them to the phone. But of course, I was in the car and the car was the phone was trying to pair to the car and then the car was trying to pair to the headphones and then the headbuds and off. Oh, God, it was a nightmare. <laughs> mm, yeah, although another another little nice little feature of mm. the Buds Pro is that it can detect, it can switch between your devices. So, you know, say now my Bose headphones will do that as well. In that mm. if something happens on my phone, I can hear them in the headphones that I also have uh, connected to my computer that I'm listening oh. to music on. So, okay. it's, you know, it's something that they're adding to uh, to small little um wireless buds so uh nice little feature i'm a fan of it in my in my big cans so interesting to see it ported uh-huh. across now if you are interested because i believe they're they're somewhere around the 200 quid mark if you are yeah. interested in the new galaxy buds uh pro for free <laughs> stay with us stay Ooh, with okay. us okay you clearly okay. know something i don't um what what else uh, did you see that because uh, I'll, I'll do the phone in a few minutes what else uh, did you pick up on the uh, Samsung presentation Okay so it's something very small and stupid uh Galaxy smart tags um basically uh, you know your problem we all know uh find my iPhone find my iPad yeah. great yeah. little sort of, uh now you can get these little tags basically the size of a, a key fob and okay. you, you will be able to detect that anywhere in the world. So, you know, put it, put it on your keychain, put it on your pet collar, put whatever, uh, you will be able to find said animal or object wherever they go. But these, these things are out there in the world already. There's nothing new about them. Just yes, little Bluetooth but, smart tags. And so Samsung it. are doing them now anyway. All right. Okay. So you like that? Yeah, okay. yeah. The end. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so I, awesome. I, I like that. I like that, that you can put one on your dog. Don't put one on your cat because if your cat doesn't want to be found, it will not be found. That's very true. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> they'll hook up with their contacts in the underground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were mentioning that uh, they were told, uh, not, not smart tags, but smart things as well. Smart things. Yeah, this was part of the uh, presentation that they made um, sort of on their own, but then also in relation to their partnership with Google for uh, Google Auto. Um, so what they what the idea is that, you know, we're, we're all kind of fans, inverted commas, of home automation. We've finally seen it evolve from sound systems up to proper domestic management. Um, So one of the things that they showed was you're in your car, driving home, and at the moment, say, we're kind of used to maybe putting on your heating via an app or something like that. The uh, use case that they gave was, right, you're in your car, you're driving home, you can ask Google, Google Assistant, to do X, Y, Z, and it will do it for you. Google Auto will also tell you when you're near home and you can say, okay, right, activate, you know, the following things. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I I think it's interesting that you can do this stuff, that you can go, you know, engage pattern alpha <laughs> <laughs> and it will have, you know, your, your ground floor lit up for you when you, when you come home. Uh, did, did you uh, think it was a little bit mm, Star Trek-ish? Um. You say that Do like mean, it's a bad thing, like, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, I'm driving home and my phone knows when I'm near home. So it will increase the heating. It will turn on mm. the lights. It will start the uh, the washing machine, da, 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 all that kind of stuff. I just kind of like, mm, yeah. yeah. And then a little yeah. robot Hoover is going around the house to uh, uh, to sweep up whatever yeah. mess well, the dogs this have is left all, behind. This, this all goes back to the smart things acquisition that they did years ago. So mm. when we're looking beyond things like your thermostat, you know, or your radiators mm. to, yeah, it's your lights, it's your Hoover, it's your washing machine, it's whatever, whatever comes out that's uh, enabled, that smart things enabled. Uh, and of course, you'll have your smart things app and you can see mm. what appliances, what devices you have linked up to it um, on your on your phone. And the, the, that, more, that, the more that happens with smart things, the more interested I get in it, I suppose, but maybe not that impressed. I mean, if I'm, you know, on my way, on my way home, do I really want to turn my washing machine on at that time? I don't. Uh, actually, yes. 
Okay, right. Sell me. <laughs> no, I'm not selling you. It's it's just ridiculous. But it's kind of like, you know, kinda, if you are a working person and you do have the laundry on and you've got a separate uh, dryer to your washer, it is good that... Because normally what I would have done is, is stuck a wash on as I'm going out to work. And then, I, of course, I would come home and it's been sitting there wet in the machine for like six, eight hours while I was at work. And then you're putting it into the dryer. Okay, are, are we talking about laundry on tech radio? It's yeah, like, let's move what, on. Let's what what, what has happened? <laughs> what has happened? To Goodness. Uh, there was an interesting little bit, and I'm interested to see what you thought. Uh, there was a guy on from Google who looked like a white Barack Obama. Uh, and he didn't really seem to say very much about the partnership between uh, Google and, uh, and 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 Samsung, but it seemed to be kind of important and an acknowledgement more than anything else. Yeah, well, partnerships made up a huge part of that presentation. They talked about Google, they talked about Netflix, they talked about Spotify, they talked about Microsoft, uh, mm. and they talked about Microsoft in the in the context of um, their Xbox game streaming service and OneDrive, in particular mm. for managing photos, uh, which I thought was interesting that they mentioned OneDrive as storage, but not Google Photos uh, as storage. I, I I think that was a, an interesting. Mm. Um, uh, I'm not going to say error of omission, but an interesting strategic decision. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I thought, hmm. Like, I mean, Samsung even talked up their own UI, uh, their Samsung One three. One UI. Is it? One, One UI, UI three. three. Version 3, yeah. Version 3. Uh, and it does look pretty good. It looks quite swanky. Uh, of mm. course, it's another thing that makes it Samsung and not uh, Android, uh, not a vanilla version of Android, uh, not mm. a reference version. So to have Google on saying, you know, yes, we're really excited in moving forward with um, uh, with Samsung uh, and not really specifying how or what when we've already had, you know, an hour of ways in which Samsung phones are the best implementation or the the Android phone you would want to get mm. as opposed to, you know, Google's own Pixel phones. So, yeah, I thought I thought it was a little bit of a an also ran, I suppose, unless mm. you're looking at it in the context of maybe the stuff that they're doing with cars. But yeah, I, I thought it was a little bit of a, a token contribution. But was hey, a little bit. They, they'd nobody from Netflix there. There's nobody from Spotify there. Yeah, well, yeah, neither of them are half as big as as, as Google. Uh, slightly disappointed then in some of the things. I was, um, I have to say, I don't want to say that I was slightly disappointed in the S21 announcement. I would say that I'm not running out gagging for one. Okay, Which well, like, like would, the right? iPhone, we got three versions to look at. Yeah. We got All the right. S21, the S21 Plus and the S21 Ultra. Yeah, and I think they're all pretty much given that they're they're five G. I mean, the five G I think is an option, or is it? No, I th- no, I think five G no, comes 5G, as standard. They're five G. Yeah, they're all five G. Um, yeah, they, it was just a case of, as you say, it, it's bigger, better, faster, stronger. You know, a bit like a Daft Punk song. Uh, the display is the same size. Uh, it's still the AMOLED display. I mean, it looks fantastic. So. Um, it's got three cameras. I like the way that they've done the cameras. The cameras are now kind of up in the top left-hand corner of the rear of the phone, but they're in a row. And just my OCD likes that kind of symmetry. <laughs> uh, the cameras uh, made me laugh. They made a big thing about how the cameras on the new S21 line are now a capable of taking 8K video. Yeah. Now... I saw an amazing uh, presentation by somebody about uh, big TV resolution, all right? Mm-hmm. And they were talking about the difference between HD and 4K and then 8K and da 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 and all that kind of stuff. And then near the end, uh, they went, oh, by the way, um, this, there's been a dead pixel on this entire video presentation and it's here and they had to circle it. I kind of go, never noticed it. Because the yeah. resolution is just, it's so high, you just don't notice. So it's kind of like, however, uh, taking 8K video in itself is kind of like, nah. But here's where it is good, right? Uh, 8K video is excellent if you want to take, say, a short 15 second video of something that's happening and then go through that video and take a screen grab, as it were. All right. So you're just getting a single image from the video at the exact precise moment that you want to. You know yourself when you're lining up mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of getting it. Okay, smile now. All that kind of, or, or you're taking, somebody's doing something or whatever. 
Yeah. Because you're taking a 10 or 15 second video, you're able to get the exact moment that you want. And because it's 8K, uh, you are getting it's supremely high quality and you're able to zoom in on it and able to frame that photo exactly the way you want. So from that point of view, I thought it was good. Um, they're also announcing that they are adapting more with ARM architecture, which is what Apple have been doing. Um I'll decide that's a bit of an aside. Uh, back to the photos. Uh, another thing that I liked was they did a privacy thing. So if you want to send somebody a photo, you can send it to them, but then you can control how long they see it for. So they can yeah. have it for just 24 hours or you can delete it at a later date or whatever. But there's ways and means around all of those things. Well, I, we I like know. that. I like that idea. And yeah, you, you can probably screen grab it. Uh, yeah. But it, there's also an option there to remove metadata, like uh, location data, which I which mm. I think is. Well, I think nice. you can do that anyway in, in in a lot of phones. Anyway, that it just seemed to be that they were putting a lot of things, like with the screen size, right? They did a big thing about the screen, and it's this size for the for the S twenty one, and it's this size for the S twenty one plus, and I'm going, that's the same size as last year. <laughs> There's nothing yeah. new, you know. So they, yeah. we were just getting a sell on the phone. So yeah, it was kind of bigger, better, faster, stronger. The S twenty one was kind of there. The S twenty one plus then is just a, a bigger version of that phone. Nothing really stood out. Then we got the whole thing about the S twenty one Ultra, which hmm. they put kind of on its uh, uh, to its side. And here's what I thought was interesting about that: is the S twenty one Ultra is essentially a camera phone, as in like a proper high-end camera phone. They started off by saying, don't buy a DSLR camera, get this phone, because it will do everything that the DSLR can do. So it's got a telephoto-wide, ultra-wide, as you say, it integrates with OneDrive. Um, They went on and on about the colour that comes in, black. Oh God, phantom black, yeah. (sighs) Um. And then, so it's kind of like, I thought that was a bit of a misnomer in that if you really care that much about photography and video and your photos, you're going to get a DSLR DSLR camera. (laughs) Mm. You're not going to rely on it because there's no way that as good as a a mobile phone camera is, it ain't going to be as good as a proper professional camera. Uh, yeah, and uh, as always, it comes down to the difference between optical and digital zoom. Oh, th- th- there you go. And I think it's still three times optical and then up to 10 times uh, something else and then up to 100 times digitally enhanced. And I was like, oh, pfft. no. Uh, so I just thought it was interesting. That that didn't wear me at all. I, I would be inclined to just get a regular phone and buy a proper DSLR camera that didn't sway me. <laughs> However, however, so the S21 is just... It's better than last year's version. That's that's what I got out of it. Is that what you got out of it? I, I think it's, uh, in fairness to Samsung, I think they have made a big step forward and they have looked at what Apple are doing with their own architecture and mm-hmm. making the software as much a part of the hardware as possible. I think Samsung are doing as much as they can, but, you know, knowing the limits of Android. Mm. Uh, so I think they're doing, they're doing as well as they can with the materials they have, but they're taking a much more... They've embraced the collaborative nature of what they have to do, whereas okay. Apple, of course, are you know our way and that's it. So, okay. uh, yeah, I, I think mm. it was a pretty strong announcement, a pretty strong slate of products from them. Uh, granted, okay, some of them you're we're probably not going to see adopted uh, in the mainstream Galaxy smart tags. I think probably being top of the list. But I think the S21 and S21 Pluses, I think they're very strong flagship smartphones. I think mm. the S21 Ultra, yeah, it's it's going to sit with the a crowd that probably already own a good high-end camera, probably yeah. don't need it. But as you say yourself, you know, uh, with camera people, with radio people, the best whatever you need is the one you have in your pocket. Uh, well, th- there you go. That's that's what they say. Now, let me end our bumper, 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 bumper podcast with excellent news. Okay. Uh, good news, good news, and then excellent news. All right. Two bits. All right. Uh, because I was paying attention, as I always do, uh, to the Samsung and the announcement of the S21 to the price and how much they cost. Hmm. And here's what I noticed is that across the board with the S21, the S21 
Plus and the S21 Ultra is that they are all 200 quid cheaper than last year. That's uh, that, that is good news. That is very good Genuinely. news. So uh, they gave the prices in dollars. Now, I did look up and Carform Warehouse are pre-selling or taking pre-orders at the moment. Mm-hmm. And the price is there, 879 for the brand new Galaxy S21. Not bad at all. That's for what you free, get, that's not yours bad. to own. That's not bad at all. 879 If you want to bump up to the uh, the 21 Plus, it's 1089 All right. These are VAT mm-hmm. inclusive prices. Mm-hmm. And then the S21 Ultra is 1299 Okay. So they're 200 quid cheaper than they cost last year. Do you want to hear the great news? Okay, hit me up with the great news. I'm, I'm, this is not a sponsorship. This is just literally, I just saw it on the Carphone Warehouse website, so I want to sh- share some good news. You pre-order now and you'll get your Galaxy Buds Pro and a Galaxy Smart Tag for free. Have you got your order in? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I, I would do is I would probably pick up one of the S20s is what I would probably do. Ah, okay. Get a bargain Just on that front. Just because I wasn't. Well, I'll get a bargain on that front and I'll keep it going for another two years or whatever. That's probably what I would do. But I'll, I'll, I'll wait and see. I'm kind of, I'm very niche in that I really like phones that use, instead of using the um, SD card, you can put in a second SIM into it. I like having two SIMs in the car. Mm. Yeah, in the phone. Yep. But anyway, that's that's for my own uh, ways and means. So there you go. Uh, I think overall uh, we were impressed with Samsung. I think overall we found some goodies in CES as we usually do. Some uh, good, interesting little bits in the news, and then uh, some good news there at the end with a price drop for Samsung phones, and also the fact that you can get some nice freebies as well. Is that enough for one day? Do you think? I think so. Um, do you know what? We could have gone into a lot more detail about the uh, about the S phones, but you know what? We'll, we'll cover it yeah. on the website. Absolutely flying. You can uh, get all the information on uh, techcentral.ie. Of course, our hourly updates, daily newsletters and more for you there. And do remember to listen to us each week online on Fridays on DAB Digital Radio with RT Radio 1 Extra. That's it for this week. Until next time, uh, from myself, Dusty, and from Niall Kitson, thanks so much for listening and have a fantastic weekend. Good luck. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Thank you for